0: I had shared on Thursday night about the Word of God. And one of the things that I said was that God has given me a mandate to teach the Word. Not that I haven't always taught the Word. But He said, make sure that in the midst of those Holy Ghost experiences that you're having, that you teach the Word. We must know the Word of God. And remember this, church, that you that are spiritual you that are walking with God and have been faithful and you're walking in the Lord and uh, you know you say, I'm serving God. God wants you to know something today that when we come to the house of God, there are going to be times He will speak to you something deep, something profound, something that will really stir your heart. But then there are going to be times when God is going to speak something that maybe perhaps is for somebody else and you are a support in uh, unto their life and their salvation and their, their walk of faith. Your support to them. Did not the Bible say you that are spiritual restore such a one? Does it not say we're to come alongside, amen, and lift them up, lift up those hands that hang down. So this morning when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to the body of Christ. But th- this, may, this may be something uh, that you would say in your heart, you know what, I, 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 I just feel like that um, you know, it's not necessarily for me today, it's always for us, amen? It's always for us. Uh, and so this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, this is what it says when you get there, say amen. It says in the King James Version, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually Discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak to you, chapter 3, as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. Let us pray, God, please help me to be able to bear the word of God. Let me be able to bear Let me be at a spiritual place where I can receive the word of God and, and, and what you're speaking to me because I don't want to be classified as a carnal Christian. Come on now. But he says here in the word of God, for you are carnal. You are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? He says, who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I've planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Um, let's pray over the word of God today. Father, I thank you for this time to come to break open the bread of life. You have already ministered in these altars, Lord, as you shared with me in prayer you were effectively going to do. You were going to meet us this morning, Lord, and you have. And Lord, I just pray that as I begin to break open the Word of God that you will minister to every person sitting here this morning and this Word will go forth, Lord, and touch each and every life, Father, I pray. Lord, that it will be, uh, Lord, speak to everyone right where they're at, Lord, and that nobody will say, Lord, it's not for me today, but it's always for us when it's the Word of God. Help us today. Speak to us today. Anoint these lips of clay and minister that someone would come to Christ. Lord, I truly just submit myself unto you and surrender my everythings unto you and ask you to flow through me today, God, and speak to this congregation and we'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we ask, amen and amen. Now this is a message for everyone. You know, some messages convert the lost. They're preached and they convert the lost and that may happen today. And some, I believe and hope that it does. Some uh, messages will feed or correct believers. But Paul covers all conditions of man's soul. He breaks it down here in these two chapters. The second and the third chapter of First Corinthians. There are three kinds of people. Now listen to me today. There are three kinds of people. The first that he talks about is the natural man in verse 14. In verse 15 of chapter 2, he speaks of a spiritual man. And then in verse 3, he carries over into that chapter and he talks about the carnal man. Paul's message was to three different people and three different places where they are at. The first one that he begins to speak to is the natural man. If you study this, you'll see that he addresses in the 1st through the 13th verse of chapter 2 about what the message is to the natural man. And that message is Christ and him crucified. Because he said here in the word of God, in verse 2, he said, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Then he goes on in verse 3 and 4. And he says I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the spirit of God. and Or the spirit and of power. So the message to the natural man is Christ in Him crucified, that there is the power of God to bring whatever you need in your life to pass. If you need deliverance, God will deliver you. There's power. If you need healing, there is healing power in Jesus. Amen? If you need a, a touch in your mind or deliverance in your soul, in your body, God said through His uh, apostle, I preach the power of God. His desire, Paul's was, it was to reach the natural man the natural man is a man who has not been born again yet he's not born again yet there's a lot of people that are not born again yet because when you get born again your spirit comes alive and you're a new creature in Christ and you're different that is what needs to happen in people's lives they just need to get born again that doesn't mean just because you go to church you're born again or because you sing worship songs or maybe you you come to a worship service. No, when you're born again, you know you're born again. Your life has changed and I'm going to break this down a little bit here but the natural man has not been born again. He cannot understand spiritual things. They are foolishness to him and this is what he says here in this second uh, chapter of 1 Corinthians he says he says howbeit we speak wisdom verse 6 among them that are perfect yet not the wisdom of this world uh, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery even the hidden even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew for had they known it they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And he goes on in to say God has has written in his word that you haven't even begun to see or hear or enter into your heart the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But he reveals them unto us by his spirit. You know, uh, the things... Of this, uh, of, of this spiritual uh, word here, the spirit of God, the word of God, are foolishness to the natural man because he does not know them, he doesn't understand them, he doesn't see them. But unto you and I, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's what eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him. I can tell you there is a spiritual experience it's God wants us all to have and that we can have a man in him. It's a glorious thing. And so, but to the natural man, their foolishness to him. The Bible is a dark book to a natural man. The destiny of the natural man is destruction and he needs salvation. Some say, you know, well, it's his choice. It's his will to do that. I want to share something with you that might uh, bring a clearer understanding to you concerning man's free moral choice. We all have a free choice. I know that. I'm not saying that we don't, but... It is somewhat of a misconception for us to say that man has a free moral choice uh, in, in the natural man because the Bible says that Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy, and you can turn there with me, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. I want to read a scripture to you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. And this is what it says. It says, and the servant... The servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle. He's talking about you as you minister to people. Minister unto all men, be apt to teach, be patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And he goes on to say, And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him, at his will. What are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is that the natural man, even though he has a free moral choice, is blinded to the things of God. Their heart is hardened, their eyes are blinded, and they 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 are held captive to the will of the devil. And that's why people do things. And you think, my goodness, why are they not responding to uh, you know truth? Why are they not seeing that this life is that they're living is a destructive life? That the devil's trying to destroy them and kill them and 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 hold them in oppression and bondage. Can't they see that? No, they can't see it. The devil has them blinded by his will. So they have a free will, but they're held captive to the will of the enemy and they don't see the truth. That's why they do the things they do. I've often wondered, God, why would somebody pick a life of oppression and addiction and sorrow and pain and unhappiness Rather than freedom and liberty and joy. They're blind. The natural man is blind. And if you're here today and you're living a life like that, you're blind. But Jesus came to lift those blinders from your eyes. He's here to lift those blinders from your eyes. We must pray, Lord... Remove the blinders. Show them the truth. Show them that they are lost. Give them a hope and a faith in that knowledge of them being lost. Look, Brother Clinton and always said it. He said a man can't get saved until he's lost. He has to be brought to the place where he realizes he's lost first. But once he's brought to that place where he realizes he's lost, then we have to preach the hope. We always tell people Jesus loved them and He loves them and He died for them, and they go, "Why? Why? What, why does that matter to me? Because you're lost, and until God removes the blinders, you'll always remain lost until He shows you the way." <laughs> Amen. And Jesus is the way. He's the way to a a, a life. You know of salvation. He's the way to a life of healing and a life of deliverance. He is, he is the way to a life of joy and blessing. He is a, he, he's to the way, the truth and the life and today he's speaking to you if you're here and you're in a blind state and I believe even some people in the service today God began to minister to you and touch you and he's touching that heart that's been hardened. You say well I've been done wrong. There's a reason why my heart feels this way. I get it. I understand. But I also know this much. God doesn't want you to stay that way. He wants your heart to be softened. He wants your life to be healed. He wants you to enjoy the happiness of the life that you have in Christ. And so, you know, we have to know this today. Don't let the devil continue to Put the blinders over your eyes, but let Jesus remove those scales from your eyes. He's the God who opens the blinded eyes, spiritual and physical. So we must show them that they're lost, show them a hope and faith, and show them that there's a remedy of love from God that He gave His only Son on the cross that they could be saved. There is a world full of natural men, but Paul shows us the contrast of the natural man next to the spiritual man. And he goes to speak about that. He was once natural. The spiritual man at one time, every one of us here today that is saved, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, at one time was a natural man, just like the people that are blind and a natural man today that see that the things of this word are dark to them. They're blind to it. We were there one time. Don't ever forget that because a lot of times Christians will get right with God, they get full of the Holy Ghost, they get a little time under their belt and they become very, very critical and judgmental. Amen. I've been there, I've done it, and so have you. We need to see them and and be, be reminded and remember, I was them at one time. I was blind at one time. I couldn't see. My heart was hardened. Amen. We were once natural or in the natural. Salvation through faith in Christ. Christ transformed my life. I'm here today because Jesus saved me. (laughs) Every time I go to prayer, I get down and You know, some people, they just go right into their requests, but I can't do that because God begins to remind me of where He brought me from, what He did in my life. And I can't just go in there and just start handing God all kinds of orders and all kinds of petitions. But I go and I say, Lord, I love you. I just want to make sure you know how much I love you and I want you to know that I haven't forgotten that you saved me and the only reason that I have an access to you is because Jesus paved the way and mercy built a bridge where there was a gap between us but you reconciled me back unto you and I love you today and I'm so thankful that I'm saved. I'm thankful you redeemed me. I'm thankful that you forgave me. I'm thankful that you delivered me. I'm thankful that you Healed me. I'm thankful for everything you've done to me. I stand here today, redeemed by the power of God because of what you've done in my life, God. Not because of works of righteousness, but because of your grace, because of your love. I stand here or I pray, and I'm able to even have a prayer life. I'm redeemed. Oh, be careful when you pray. Don't go there and go, Lord, I got my list. We're gonna talk. He said, I'd like for you just to sit at my feet. (laughs) Mary, Mary, you're Martha, Martha, I'm sorry. (laughs) Martha, Martha, you're encumbered about with a lot of things. Mary's chosen the good part, to sit at my feet. There's nothing like sitting at the feet of Jesus. My God. The spiritual man realizes that once he was doomed, but now he's delivered. He realizes once he was lost, but now he's found. Once he was blind, now he's seeing. Once he was bound for hell, and now he's heaven bound. The spirit, the spiritual man is different in verse 11 through 13 it teaches that he is taught by the spirit of God and this is what it says and let me go back to uh, 2 Corinthians here First Corinthians I'm sorry Almighty God Sister Scows bought me this parallel Bible and I love it but it's kind of like being in a something new you got to figure it all out here and so there's a lot of scripture here but it says here in verse 11 of chapter 2 this is what the word of God says and I want to read it to you in the amplified in verse 11 he says for what person knows the thoughts and motives of a man except the man's spirit within him so also no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the Holy Spirit who is from God so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. We also speak, he said, of these things. We speak of these things not in words taught or supplied by human wisdom but in those taught by the Spirit combining and interpreting spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. For those being guided by the Holy Spirit. The natural man doesn't get that. But the spiritual man has discernment. He has discernment. And he's taught by the Spirit of God. This is greater than just being touched. It's taught by God. The touch is just the beginning. The feeling of God is just the beginning. That's God's way of saying, I'm trying to show you I'm real. So if you felt God today... He's saying to you, I'm real. And I want to bring reality of God and the Spirit into your life. But you got to let me. You can't just stop at the touch. You've got to go further. Amen. You can't just stop there. God wants, believe me, I'm Pentecostal to the core. I'm, I'm all about experience and feeling God and enjoying the presence of God. I weep and cry. I worship God. I love it. I don't want to be in a dead church. I don't want to be in a church where the Spirit of God is not allowed to be freely moving. But I I know this much. We must also be taught by the Spirit of God, not just feel Him, but hear Him speak to us His Word, God's Word. And that's what's so powerful about the Spirit of God. It has a quickening effect. It quickens the Word of God in us. And we'll begin to read something, and you'll say, My God, Goodness, that just spoke to me today. It came up within me today and it ministered to me today. That's why we must be spirit-filled and the spiritual man has that discernment of the Word of God too. And, and, he, and he knows it's not just a feeling. Amen. Because when feelings stop, when experiences stop, we must know the Word. We must be proficient in the Word. We, the Amen. Praise God, but it's coming under complete control of the very Spirit of God. It's what that spirit man is supposed to be. We quote, walk in the spirit and not to fulfill the lust of the flesh. We quote it, we believe it, and that's valid. But do we really understand what it means to be led? In Acts chapter 20, verse 22, the apostle Paul began to share with them, and he was a man who was led by the spirit of God. I'm going to read a scripture that a lot of people don't usually go to, but in chapter 20, verse 22, The Bible says, and now Paul said, Behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Except or save, but that means except that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying, The bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. What he was saying is, I'm going bound into this this city. I'm going bound into Jerusalem. I'm going bound. In other words, I'm bound by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because the Word of God is never bound. It was never bound on the Apostle Paul. If he was in the jail, a jailer got saved because he was connected to him. Amen. Are you hearing me? If he was, every, he said I was able to get into Caesar's palace. I was able to get into Caesar's house. Why? Because the, the Roman guards, the centurions, the soldiers that were there attached to him, he said, oh, praise God, I got a new guard that's here beside me. And he began to preach to them. That's how he made his way into the Caesar's house. That's how it happened because he ministered to someone and what he couldn't take there they took there. Amen. What I'm saying is he said, I'm going into the city. And he said, I'm bound, but I'm not bound. He said, I'm going. I'm going to preach and I don't know what's going to befall me. I don't know what's going to happen, but he said, I'm telling you right now my life upon this earth doesn't matter but that the gospel will be furthered church when we're led by the spirit of God I can tell you it's more than just walking in the spirit that you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh it's walking in the spirit and fulfilling the will of God no matter what it is why do you say that pastor because there's coming a day and I know that there's certain groups in Christendom that wanna throw this away and they don't wanna talk about it or preach it. But there's coming a day where the world and the Christians are going to suffer persecution. It's going to happen. It's going, don't be lulled to sleep by the devil and think that we're, we're already beginning to experience it. We're already beginning to experience it in small little places around the world. But the persecution's going to come. I believe that's why we've seen this great revival in these universities across the United States because God is preparing a generation for either persecution or war. I'm telling you, he's preparing people for what's coming down the road. And church, we can sit in church and say, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to listen to it. It's gone." going to happen. Amen. Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you. They persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. You've got to know, if you stand for Christ, you're either going to stand for him, or you're going to take the mark of the beast. Amen. You're going to stand for God, or you're going to embrace an antichrist. I believe in a rapture. I'm not saying that I don't. I believe in a rapture. But what I'm saying is, if you don't stand for God, you will stand with an antichrist spirit. And God's calling us to understand that there, there is no doubt to be persecution or the beginning of sorrows. And the church better wake up because if we don't, if we don't understand what lies ahead in the days ahead, they've got people who say, I don't believe that. I believe in peace and prosperity. I said, let me tell you something. He said, when they say peace and prosperity, you better listen up. Then comes sudden destruction. We need to be very careful. You know, this week, and I don't really like to talk about this too much, but this week when I saw, I believe it was at the beginning of the week, maybe it was last week, I'm not sure, but it happened within the last seven to eight days, when Vladimir Putin pulled Russia out of that international treaty. I said, oh boy, what he's saying is, I'm not involved in what you all are involved in anymore anymore. We got our own thing on going on over here, and we're going to do what we want to do. We're not going to be interested in peace treaties. We're not, we're not going to do anything nuclear uh, and submit to any kind of a treaty. He backed out of that. Church, that is a scary thing. But I know we're in Christ. I understand that. I understand that. But we're, we're, we're living in a time where we don't know from day to day what's going to happen in this world. China's in an uproar. Russia's in an uproar. You got all kinds of things happening across this globe and I'm not one of these kind of people that is doom and gloom but I've come to tell you we need to make sure that we're right with God because this thing could become an ash heap in one second. I'm just telling you. Paul said, I go bound not knowing what shall befall me. That's being led by the Spirit where God takes you, where He leads you. You follow. The spiritual man sees beyond this life. And is totally misunderstood and hated. Jesus said that in, in John 15, 18. They hated me, they'll hate you. They persecuted me, they'll persecute you. And Peter speaks of a time also in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. I want to give you these scriptures. I'm not gonna preach all day, but stay here with me. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12 says this: this is what the great apostle said, 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse 12. He said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed you may be glad also with exceeding joy. You may be glad with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, Let him not be ashamed, but let him glory, glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? The righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. No matter what you go through, you have to know I'm standing in the will of God. I am full of the Holy Spirit, and wherever God takes me, he takes me. I had family members that told me, I can't believe you're going to Nigeria. I said, I'm going in the will of God, and I'm going there to preach the gospel. And and I not only went once, twice, the third time my family was like, okay, you just... You're just going to go. I said I am going to go because I don't, I don't bow down to man. I said I I I serve God. I said I am I've given account to God, and I said I've went to preach the gospel, and I said if the Lord doesn't bring me back and He takes me from a foreign field, there's no greater greater place to go home, from preaching the gospel, Amen. He's brought me home every time. He brought me home every time. There was a couple times I had a few scary moments got pulled over on the side of the highway one time and by the military police, not the mobile police, the military police. And they tore my, my uh, mobile police. I mean, they ripped him up one side and down the other. He said, you know, I could take this man right now, this white man. I thought he kept saying white man. I thought, man, white man, white man. Why do I have to be the only white man in the car? Do you realize they could take this white man right now to Abuja? He could be thrown in jail, and that would be a huge problem for him and you. And he went off. I mean, he, he got him out of the car. I thought he was going to slap him. I thought, my goodness. I'm in the back, and I said, Lord, amen. I know I said I'd come here and do whatever you asked me to do, but please get me home. <laughs> Pastor Friday told me these mobile police were here for my protection. I don't feel very protected right now. I feel very vulnerable. I was in the back, and I said, Lord, I'm just praying. I'm just worshiping God. I said, Lord. He come back in, and we left, and I thought, you know what, Lord? That was a close one. Almost ended up in jail there. A couple times, just very, very, uh, you know, scary moments. But when God calls us to something, we're led by the Spirit of God to do that because how else will somebody know about Jesus if you don't take him to very difficult areas. We have to Listen. We're in the end times. God is moving, he's equipping and and uh, spirit-filled people for this day. But it will be the greatest trial of faith that we will go through. We must be full of oil if we're spiritual. I share with you about the natural man. I'm sharing with you about the spiritual man. Listen to me, Holy Ghost-filled members, Holy Ghost-filled Christians today. We must be full of oil. Don't be one of them five foolish virgins that didn't have oil in their lamp. That parable came from Jesus' lips. Don't ever forget that. We must discern the times, and we must be harvesters and laborers in this last day that we're living in. God's not calling us to crawl in a cave and hide and wait for the apocalypse. He said, I've called you to go into all the world, preach the gospel, occupy until I come. Amen? Occupy until I come again. The third man that I want to talk to you about and close this message out is the carnal man i've talked about the natural man i've talked about the spiritual man now i want to talk to you about the carnal man and go back just for a second to to first corinthians <clears throat> sorry excuse me with my voice it's it's a challenge for me to get the air out <laughs> it is but he said here in chapter three verse one and brethren i could not speak unto you as unto spiritual Marita in the Amplified I could not talk to you as to spiritual people, but only as to worldly people dominated by human nature, mere infants in the new life in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready able to receive it. Even now you are still not ready. You are still worldly, controlled by ordinary impulses, the sinful sinful capacity. For as long as there is jealousy and strife and discord among you, are you not unspiritual and are you not walking like ordinary men unchanged by faith? What is the carnal man? He lives for the moment. Do you live for the moment? Or do you live for God? Do we live for the moment? The spiritual man lays up treasures in heaven, but the carnal man tries looking both ways. God's saying to you today get out of the valley of decision and make a decision for Christ. The tragedy of the carnal man is this he knows what's right but he doesn't do it. He knows the world is lost, but he clings to it. He likes to linger like Lot did, lingering in Sodom when he needs to get out of Sodom. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said, Remember Lot's wife, because when the angel of the Lord came, and and by almost by the nap of the neck, took Lot and his wife, and his daughters, and they almost but translated them out, rapidly taking them out of Sodom, because God was getting ready to rain down fire and brimstone upon an ungodly city. The Bible says that Lot's wife was running. And the angel of the Lord said, don't look back. She turned back and looked, and she turned into a pillar of salt. There are going to be people that are going to become hardened in this last hour because they've looked back. They've clung to a world that God told them to let go of and shun. I know we're in this world, but we're not of it. Amen. We're in this world, but we're not of it. Are you like Lot? lingering in Sodom or like his wife that's looking back. The bottom line is this. The carnal man needs to commit himself to Christ totally. Be totally sold out to God. Are you sold out today? Are you surrendered today? Are you just Giving God a portion of your life, or just you know, only when you come to church you serve God, only when you come to church do you take God serious. No, you need to take Him serious on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We need to commit our lives to the Lord Jesus because church, he's coming back, he's coming back. And he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a people that are looking for him. He's coming back for a people that have oil in their lamp. He's coming back for a people that are watching for his return. He's coming back for a people that have said, I choose Christ, not this world or the things of it. He's sold out, totally surrendered, consecrated unto God. You must be born again. Or you won't even be able to see the kingdom, much less enter it. We must be born again. What, how does that happen, pastor? You come and you say, God, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that I'm a sinner and I'm lost and on my way to hell. And I need a Savior. That's my only hope. I need a Savior. You've got a Savior in Jesus. He will save you. He will deliver you. He will set you free. You know, I just ask you that question today. How long will you continue in this? How long will you continue down this road of a dark life, of a depraved life, of an unfulfilled life, unsatisfied life? Because the only one that can give you satisfaction and fulfillment in your life is God through his son. I'm going to share this one more time. I say it, but we got visitors this morning that I believe need to hear it. When, when, if you believe God is the creator of this earth, and I do, you many of you do, some people say, I don't believe, well, you, you know, it didn't just happen. God spoke it into existence. But I want you to think about this for just a second. Everything that has been created has an environment that it has to have for it to sustain it's existence. God made water and he made fish. Fish cannot live out of water. Amen. They have to have water. That is their environment for existence. He made dirt so the tree could be in the dirt. Because if you uproot that tree and it's not in the dirt anymore, it does not have the, the, the habitat for it to grow and to thrive and to flourish. It can't live. Okay, everything that God did, he said, let there be fish, amen, and he, and he had to have water, a habitat for that. Let there be trees, and let there be earth, let there be all of these things, and, and when he spoke, when he spoke this world and this earth into existence, he made sure that it had an environment to, to exist. But when he created man, that's you and me, he turned into himself, and he said, let us make man in our own image. The habitat for you to live and the environment for you to live in and exist and thrive is a spiritual environment. You were created by a spiritual God who gives you sustaining life by his spirit. You're a living soul. You're a living soul. And so you cannot live your life like you're supposed to in the spiritual realm as a spiritual being without God being in your life. He is the environment and the habitat for you to have a thriving life. It's a must. It's an absolute. That's why people without God, their life is nothing but a a big uh, mess without Christ. They say, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Amen. But with Jesus, you can have life and life more abundantly. You need Christ. We need Christ. I'm talking to people today that are living in their natural man. We need Christ in our life. We can't make it without him. And he created you, and he will sustain you by his spirit and bring your spirit alive. You want to know why you feel dead inside? Because you are dead inside. Only God can bring life. You're blinded by the devil and the only will you know is the will of the flesh and the will of the enemy. But whenever you come and your spiritual eyes are opened, you see the spiritual life and you see that natural life. You understand both of them. And you choose that spiritual life. This is where I'm going to live. And this is where the blessing of God is. Amen. We've all been saved by grace in here that are born again. Washed in the blood. And the only reason that we have... the Enjoyment of a spiritual life is because we have surrendered our life to Jesus. There's nothing like it. He's a healer in your marriage. He's a healer in your body. He's a healer in your... You don't have to cry yourself to sleep at night. You can lay your head down in peace and know Jesus loves me and God forgave me. And I have the peace that passes all understanding. You're here this morning. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Bow your heads in prayer. Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, today I come before you and I ask you, Lord, to just minister to each and every person that's here this morning. Lord, I know there are people here today. Lord, They don't know you as their Savior. Lord, they're lost. Their lives are broken. But Lord, you're the healer and the binder up of all broken lives. I pray that you draw them by your Spirit today. And minister to their lives and their hearts today. Save someone, God, I pray, Lord. Save them today, Lord, I pray, in this house. You are the Savior, Lord.